listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. I'm Carol Whitaker, your host, and I'm here with Susie Lolly, my co-host. We are in our second episode of a series we started last week on depression. Last week, we talked about Susie's incredible story. She shared her testimony, a time in her life where she went through a five-year struggle with depression and how she overcame it. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to do so. And this week we're continuing on talking about depression, but we're talking about it from a slightly different angle. We're talking about comparison, how women often compare themselves and how that can lead to negative thoughts that can spiral into depression. And I also want to just let you know that we will be concluding our series next week by talking about suicide and unfortunately the place that depression often leads and that is thoughts of harm to oneself and suicidal thoughts. So you'll want to also tune in next week to hear the conclusion of the series. And maybe if you're not somebody who necessarily deals with depression or feels like it's a major issue for you in your life, I still encourage you to tune in because it will help you to have more understanding and compassion for those people around you and possibly in your life that deal or struggle with depression or may even one day come up to you and start talking about how they you know, are having thoughts of self-harm or so forth. So it's important that all of us sort of have an understanding of depression and mental health issues and know how to help not only ourselves, but the people in our life that are struggling with depression. Now, very quickly before we turn to Susie, I want to just mention that this podcast is coming out of BeulahGirl.com. If you are not part of our online community, I encourage you to join us for free. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Gmail. We have not only podcast episodes, but we have full length free articles and resources on not only depression, but other issues and, you know, topics relevant to women and faith. Um, We are a Christian site devoted to helping women find their identity in Christ. That is why we exist. So I encourage you to check that out. So Susie, let's go ahead and turn to you and talk about comparison. How has this been an issue and when did this start in your life? So for me, comparison wasn't always an issue. Um, You know, as a childhood, as a, as a childhood, as a child, um, I was so uncamera shy. I remember one childhood video where my brother is talking to the camera. My mom asked him how his day was or something, and he starts talking, and I literally push him out of the way to uh, talk myself, which is kind of ridiculous. And um, I just was not um, shy at all as a child. I did not worry about, you know, comparison. I remember even up through, you know, like fifth grade, I never was the one that the little boys would like. My friend Christy was, but I never thought anything about that. When I got into middle school, um, you know, I guess that was the first time I realized there was a thing for popular, unpopular type of situation. I remember sitting at the middle school lunch table and a girl telling me, she said, you're so fat, if you wore a Malcolm X jacket, helicopters would land on your back. And I had never thought anything about my weight at all. I don't know, you know, maybe I just didn't watch TV, just wasn't aware that weight was even an issue. And I don't, I still looking back, don't think I was some big girl, as you would call it. Um, but that was the first time probably I would, I was made aware of how girls can compare with one another, but I would say that I was still, you know, pretty confident. 
Susie, I love how we can always count on you to keep it real. I'm laughing as I'm thinking about you pushing your brother out of the way to get in front of the camera. I can totally relate. I am a spotlight seeker. I love an audience. I love a stage. And I can imagine myself doing something very similar, even though, as we've talked about before, I am generally more introverted and more shy than you. That is definitely something I can imagine myself doing. All jokes aside, though, you do mention something that all of us as women can relate to. And that is that you mentioned that there was a point in your childhood when you were moving into middle school where you suddenly became aware of this this idea that women girls compare themselves to each other and you had this comment from this girl you were just sitting there and a girl all of a sudden you know said something that made you started thinking about your weight which had never even crossed your mind before and i think all of us listening i know i can can relate to those moments in our life where someone said something to us or we were in a situation where all of a sudden we started feeling less than somebody else or we started feeling insecure about a certain attribute or something about ourselves so unfortunately that is the reality as women that we often can be in those hard circumstances where we start comparing ourselves to other people. So let's talk about how, you know, a little bit more about comparison as a cause of depression for women and how it can be a trap and how it doesn't necessarily have to be a trap that we fall into. And there's a book, as we were talking before the episode, there's a book by Sandra Stanley. It's called Comparison Trap. And you say that this book summarizes this idea that comparison is a cause for depression. So let's just talk about the book and what we can gain from that and how, you know, we don't necessarily have to fall into this trap of comparison. So that book, Comparison Trap, is actually a website you can go to as well. It's called comparisontrap.org. And Sandra Stanley is the wife of Andy Stanley, who, of course, is founding pastor of a lot of churches here in the Atlanta area. Um, but I think no matter what book that you are reading or looking at, there are a lot of things out right now about women in comparison because it's such a huge, exactly what she calls it, a trap. I recently read also Uninvited by Lisa Turkhurst. Both of those just talking about how, you know, comparison really can be a big cause of depression in women. And, you know, for example, with me, I, I'll be honest, um, I have a very outgoing personality. Carol and I would probably be... Um, not opposite in she's shy and I'm outgoing, not that. But I think I, I definitely have a very kind of almost zany personality. Um, I definitely can, out of 33 personality types that I took a test on, I ended up with the one woo, which is winning others over. So I have a personality that I believe can draw people. But because of it being such an out loud personality, I've felt at many times that it's broken or that it's awkward because I don't maybe know when to shut up or, you know, I maybe know how to be good in a crowd, but then one-on-one, I'm, I might feel like I'm not as good at that. You know, I think as far as comparison with me as well, I've thought about how I would like to be thin. Um, I gain all my weight just in my stomach, and I've never had children, so there's nothing, you know, people that say, I'm still carrying baby fat. Well, I'm carrying baby fat maybe from childhood, but I'm not carrying it from actually having children. And so, you know, I see women, you know, kind of look at my stomach or they'll flat out say, hey, Susie, are you pregnant? And, you know, things like that that make me feel like I should look a different way. Um, as I mentioned before, I don't have children. So sometimes not having children makes me feel like that there's something wrong in that area that, 
you know, that's a point of comparison that may, maybe people don't take me as seriously because they think I don't have expertise with, you know, certain situations. And then I definitely have a very strong desire for achievement. I'm goal-driven. I've always in my whole life, you know, set out a goal, accomplished that goal, been proud of myself, done well. But as I have struggled to meet certain goals, such as having children, you know, maybe certain ministry things that I thought my husband and I would be working in at this point, I feel that when I look at other women, that they seem farther along the head, ahead in the journey than me. And so that desire for achievement or recognition has, you know, been for me an area of negative comparison. And so all of that, you know, can lead to depression. I talked about, you know, in the previous episode and also the post that went with that, that for me, sin has been a factor in depression. But even since I've been married, since I've been delivered from that, there have been times when these issues I just mentioned have certainly tried to become a point of depression in my life. And, you know, maybe those issues don't matter to you. Maybe you don't have an issue with your weight or with, you know, your personality or lack of children or anything like that. But maybe for you or for other women, it could be, you know, am I a good mom? I hear, you know, different ones that I know, different moms that I know saying they're not sure if they're doing the best by their children. Should they stay home? Should they go to work? When they're home, are they giving their children the best that they can give them? You know, all those kinds of things. Women who feel like their marriages aren't as good as what they see on Instagram or something, that, you know, they could feel like that's a comparison trap for them. Feeling People feeling like they lack talents. You know, I've had a friend say to me before, you know, Susie, you are you know, I'm a singer or I have maybe some things that would be kind of outward kind of a talent, but they're feeling like they're comparing themselves to me, not knowing that there is a dark side to someone who has a very gregarious personality. Or maybe your finances aren't what they should be. You have a house that doesn't look like Pinterest. You know, you have, as we have a sinking foundation, you know, you feel like that what you have financially is not good enough. So all of us can struggle with comparison. And if we dwell on that, that can also lead to then depression, certainly. And we, you know, want to find a way out of that. I think you're so right about that. And the funny thing is, I think that we often think about our own insecurities, but don't realize that those around us may, even those people that we think have it all together, often struggle with their own insecurities. That all of us have areas that maybe are tender spots for us that if somebody mentions them, we feel like you said that we're maybe not as far along as someone in an area, whether that be a career or a ministry, or maybe we feel insecurity because of something in our appearance or something we feel we're lacking in comparison to other women. And it can be a little different for all of us, but many of those factors that you mentioned, Susie, I can completely relate to. And I know that the women listening can relate to as well. And you know, I don't have your exact situation, but again, I can very much relate to what you're saying. Um, in my situation, again, I don't have a circumstance where I haven't been able to have children. I have children, but that's actually a point for me that sometimes has actually brought some insecurity in my life. Not because I don't love my children, not because I don't love being a mom, but it's kind of the opposite for me is that I used to be a career woman. I used to be somebody who had a job and it meant a whole lot to me and I worked really hard to get my degree and it was very important to me that I get that degree and I put a lot of my self-worth into how I did my, you know, a lot of my self-worth came from how I did my job and the fact that I had 
a teaching job and so forth. And I've written about that before in other articles and talked a little bit about that in previous episodes. But since I've become a stay-at-home mom, I've been a stay-at-home mom now for almost seven years. And I do blogging on the side, but it's just uh, something that I do for other women that I felt called to do. But I, I do feel sort of invisible a lot of times because not a lot of people really know what I do if they don't follow me on a blog. And as a mom, what I do all day long is serve other people. I do mountains of laundry. I do dishes all day long. I scrape things off the floor. I iron clothes. I lay out my kids' clothes. I make appointments for them. I drive them places. And it's it's hard sometimes for me to even feel like I have an identity anymore or feel like I'm even a person other than somebody's mom. I can't just drop everything and go have a coffee if I want at Starbucks with someone. It can be really, really tough because um, I often feel that I've been lost in the shuffle and I sometimes remember or try to remember that person I used to be, that person who got her nails done and had this huge budget for new clothes and had her hair done all the time and was very professional and wore a name badge and things and and had a title and that just has gone away. So sometimes I know you're mentioning your insecurity is oftentimes because you don't have children and that hasn't been something that you've had in your life. But sometimes my insecurity is because when I'm around other people that are in careers and aren't stay-at-home moms, then sometimes it's intimidating for me because I feel that whatever professionalism I used to have or whatever brain I used to have, I I don't think that's there anymore. Um, I deal with small children so much that it feels like most of the brain cells I have has, you know, have literally fallen out of my head. And I'm not sure I remember much of anything anymore, but I've got a funny story. I just going through daily routine. I had a conference at my kid's school the other day and I went up to the school. It was a busy day. I had not put a lot of thought into what I was wearing. I had a lot going on. All three kids with me that went with me to the conference. I have, for those of you who don't know, a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a 17-month-old. So the 17-month-old, I had brought a lot of snack for her, and she was in the stroller, and we burst into the classroom basically right on time. And I had heard that this teacher was very young, very pretty, but when I did not realize until I walked in just how young, pretty, pulled together this teacher truly was. But I was just immediately very intimidated when I walked in and just felt very insecure, not because she wasn't nice or kind. She was very nice, but she just had perfect makeup. Her hair was perfect. And I just want to set the stage for you that again, here I am, this mom, busy mom, running in, had thrown on whatever. I sat down, eight things fell out of my purse. My daughter is screeching in the stroller. I'm thinking about the fact that she hasn't had a bath in about four days. And just as I sat down, all of these, I guess, ways that I feel like I'm just not measuring up as a mom. I'm struggling every day just to kind of hold things together and do everything I need to do. And as I was sitting there, I just felt like I wanted to sink through the floor because I just started playing in my head all of the things that I wish were different about myself and my life right now. And that negative self-talk continued through the conference. I could have paused at any point and turned to her and maybe complimented her to get my mind off of my own negative thoughts, but I didn't. I just listened to her as she was talking and allowed this dialogue to continue in my head. And I know better. God has 
seriously healed me of my tendency toward negative self-talk. I've written articles about self-worth and the importance of not allowing negative self-talk to play in your head, but I wasn't following any of the my rules that I've set out and talked about in my blog post before. I was letting that negative uh, talk play in my head and it continued right after the conference all the way home again beating myself up for maybe not being a very pulled together mom how it's been so long since I've really worked on getting my hair done and all of these things and I just had to stop myself when I got home and I had to say you know what are these things that really matter right now I've given up some of those things because I've had to because we are no longer on two incomes but also because I just I have limited time and I have to spend my time on things that that are really important at this moment to me. And some of those things that used to be important to me, I just don't have time for them anymore. And it's okay. Like as far as I'm concerned, if my kids are well are well fed, if they're dressed, if they're bathed and they're happy and healthy, then that is more important than showing up in designer outfits with perfectly pressed hair to impress other people, etc. So I just had to stop myself and say, you know what? She was a beautiful woman. She's very nice. And she had young children herself. So I'm sure there are moments where she's not as as polished. But I don't, you know, have to beat myself up just because I'm in the presence of someone who looks more pulled together than I do. And, you know, is in a professional setting that I used to be in. Because, you know, even though I'm not in that setting anymore, I have other talents that I'm using at the moment. And it may feel at times that I am invisible, but... I'm not. God sees what I'm doing. God knows what I'm doing. And, you know, I don't necessarily have to have those on display for other people to affirm me or know for me to feel good about myself. But, you know, it's good that you remind us, Susie, about how, you know, we all struggle with comparison, how often that our comparison or the negative thoughts in our head can start with something just as trivial as a conference at a school or just a a conversation with another person or, you know, just some small event that really doesn't matter that much in, in the whole scheme of things. Carol, you're cracking me up with that story because that is so me and it's so every woman. I remember when I started teaching my very first year at a middle school and I walked into the copy room and that very first day, one of the women literally looked me top to bottom and it made you think, um, okay, is there something wrong with me? So certainly all of us at times just feel so inadequate. And we don't know if that lady gets up two hours ahead of us and I'm just, (laughs) as you and I would say, ain't nobody got time for that. You know, am I willing to put in the effort to have that airbrushed makeup look or whatever? But we've got to remember, just like you said, that we all have talents. They just may not be putting on perfect makeup and looking thin in spite of having children or whatever. But at the same time, we can't hate each other. I like what you said about, you know, maybe giving that woman a compliment, doing something that will build up instead of tear down and will not make us feel like we're inadequate in any way, which could lead to depression. So we've both given some stories about how we personally have compared ourselves to others and fallen into that comparison trap. We're using that term from Sandra Stanley and her book, The Comparison Trap. And we've talked about how for women in general, that we often struggle and have difficulty not comparing ourselves to other women and this leads us to depression. So let's talk a little bit about the solution. I think the solution for everybody with depression is different, but for comparison, I do have three practical ideas that people who are listening can try. 
and see if that will help them not feel so victimized and so trapped by the comparison that could end up in depression. So first of all, we've got to fight our thoughts with his words. Whenever our thoughts say something that is contrary to the word of God, we've got to believe his words. And so an example of that, if you want to write down these scriptures, uh, here's one of them. 1 Corinthians 2, 15 uh, and 16 says, But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And so if we are, you know, feeling down on ourselves because of comparison, the Bible here says that we are not supposed to be appraised by anyone. We are supposed to have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And we want to sometimes say that out loud. We say the truth out loud because our thoughts are internal. No one can go in there and fight the battle of our thoughts. So we've got to say out loud, God, I am choosing to believe your word. This is what your word says. And I'm going to believe that regardless of how my emotions are making me think I should feel or believe. And then number two, we need to be realistic. Psalm 139, 14, I just said part of it. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. And that's from the New Living Translation. God has made something good. I had a friend, Keith, who used to always say, he looked himself in the mirror and he'd say, man, you look just like Brad Pitt. <laughs> and, you know, he didn't think he looked like Brad Pitt, but he would look in the mirror every day and say to himself, in, in you know, essence, God, you have made something good and I'm going to be proud of what you made. I'm not going to be ashamed. I want to point out something that I'm so thankful that I'm in my mid-30s and I didn't have this when I was a teenager, but all of us have been sucked into this thing that on-screen life is real, that what people put up on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter is real. And y'all, you are seeing one moment. We're not seeing. It's just like an old-fashioned photo shoot. We're seeing the result of maybe 15 minutes of trying to get those kids to sit straight or 30 minutes of being in a person's closet and trying to find an outfit that was flattering. On-screen life isn't real. And if we have to get off of social media for a while, I know that Rachel Howard wrote a post for this blog before about that. And if we need to get off of social media completely so that we're not being forced to compare ourselves, let's do it. You know, the Bible says if our eye offends us, pluck it out. And I'm not telling you to pluck out your eye. But if your eye is what's turning to social media and stressing you out, we've got to be realistic. And so we're fighting our thoughts with his words. We're being realistic. And then number three, we're going to be thankful. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We've got to start being thankful for what we have. If it's, again, listing out loud, God, I may not have the house that so-and-so has, but God, I have a house. My bills may be piling up, but God, you've allowed me to pay them up till this point. God, I may not have the perfect marriage, but I have a marriage that is not in divorce. I am, you know, in a state where we're fighting through and we're sticking together. Whatever your circumstances are, find a way, like Paul said, to be content in whatever circumstances, because you can do all things. We are all a part of the body. We're not the whole. So we really can't expect to have everything. We can have enough and we can have something that contributes, but we're not going to be all things to all people. And so um, we just want to make sure that comparison is not sucking us in because the results of depression can be so life-changing and even life-ending, which we're going to talk about more in our last episode of this depression series. 
You've given us so many great ideas to consider, Susie. I hope all of you listening the next time that you're in a situation where you feel insecure, you feel inadequate, that you'll consider these ideas that she has given us. You'll stop in your tracks when you hear those negative thoughts come into your head and you'll say, you know what? I don't have to go down this path. I can instead focus on truth from scripture. I can be realistic and realize I don't have to be an airbrushed airbrushed model on Facebook and I can be thankful. I can focus on the things in my life I'm grateful for rather than the things that I don't have. Before I conclude, I I just want to say I love the example, Susie, of the friend you gave who stands in front of the mirror every single day and says, I look like Brad Pitt. For many of us, we do the exact opposite. We stand in front of the mirror and we focus on what we perceive to be our flaws and our limitations. We rehearse over ourselves what we don't like about ourselves. But essentially what we're doing is we're turning against God's creation. We're saying, God, what you created is not good. We have to realize, as you said, that he has created us with purpose, that we are special, that we have a place in his kingdom, and we don't have to be like anybody else. And this battle of fighting against these negative thoughts in relation to what we think of ourselves in relation to other people starts really, really early. We talked in this podcast about how it can start in middle school, but it could start even earlier than that. I know that I have two school-age children, and particularly... With my oldest daughter, we've already had several conversations where she's come home and she said things like, mom, am I as smart as this other person in my class? Mom, why am I not as pretty as her? Or mom, why can't I have this phone or those clothes or, you know, stay at that sleepover or whatever the case may be. And I've had to just kind of tell her, you know, in particular, with comments related to her appearance say, you know, Elspeth, God made you look exactly how he wanted you to to look. You have the talents he wanted to, to give you and just remind her that we cannot be exactly like other people and that we don't need to be, that we're special just as we are. And that's something we have to remember even as an adult, as adults. Before we close, I also want to say in relation to some of the points that Susie brought up, that there is another great resource that if you do find that depression is an issue for you, another great resource, the best resource I've honestly ever come across related to depression. It's a book. It's called Victory Over Depression. It's by Bob George. And Bob George, he makes some of the same points as Susie about combating the negative thoughts in our mind. But one thing he does say that I think is important to remember, he says, although depression is an emotional state, it does not originate in the emotions, but in the mind. And so when Susie's talking about combating our thoughts and being grateful, these are all important things to do because our emotions only respond to what we're thinking. So if we are thinking angry thoughts, we're going to feel angry. So the way we can combat those negative, depressed, you know, sort of emotions in our life is to really check our thoughts and say, okay, rather than letting our self spiral down into really negative thinking about ourselves and our situation, we can stop and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to have the mind of Christ here. I'm going to focus instead on what I can be grateful for so that I don't sink into these really sad emotions um, and, and sink into depression. 
So that's pretty much all we have for this episode, but I just want to remind you that next week we are concluding our series. We will be talking about suicide and how suicide is never the answer. Susie will be joining us for that particular episode, so you do not want to miss it. And if you did not catch our first episode, again, you can go ahead and catch that here on SoundCloud, or you can simply visit our blog, BeulahGirl.com, and there is a full-length article with the first episode where Susie shares her testimony. So I encourage you to check that out. Also, if you are not part of our online community on BeulahGirl.com, please visit our site, BeulahGirl.com. You can join us on Twitter, Facebook, Gmail. You can write comments there. We'd love to hear from you and get some feedback on how you think we're doing or just some comments related to the, the information we've presented in this podcast. So please visit us there at BeulahGirl.com. I want to just conclude by praying for all of you. And thank you, Susie, for again, sharing with us on this topic. Dear Lord, I pray for every single woman here. I pray, Lord, for each woman that they would see themselves as you see them, that when thoughts of inadequacy or insecurity come up, that they would be able to combat those those thoughts from truth from your word. They would be able to recognize the lies from the enemy and know what you say about them, not what other people say or what Satan says about them, that they would accept what you say about them. Lord, I thank you for each woman here. I I pray that you go beyond, that you go beyond the words that are spoken and minister to them in the exact way they need to be ministered to. I pray a blessing on each woman who is listening in Jesus name. Amen.